Welcome, everybody, to Shits and Giggles with Joey Keenan. This is Shits and Giggles, and I am Joey Keenan. How is everybody doing today? Um, so, <laughs> I, uh, as you guys all know, I have been living with my parents for the past couple months. After I graduated from college, I had nothing else going on. I had no plans. I had no, you know, jobs lined up. I had no place to live. So I was like, well, you know, time to move back in with your parents, my parents, you know, and that's what you do. That's what you do when you got no motion going on. You just move back in with your parents. And that's, that's, you know, completely understandable, right? It's a blessing. There's a lot of people out there who don't have the option of moving back in with their parents, um, whether that be their parents are abusive or the home is just like a toxic environment or the house isn't big enough to even house them anymore. Like all these different factors that can affect a person's ability to move back home um, or stay at home, right? And I recognize that I am extremely blessed to have had the option of living with my parents over the past few months. But while me while I was living there, I had no motion going on. I had nothing going on. I, I, I couldn't find a job. I couldn't, um, you know, I was just basically in my room all day, every day. It was very, very depressing. Um, my podcast episodes were getting better and better while living there. Um, so like, that's really the only positive part about me being home is for whatever reason, me being at home, it really gave me a lot of time and energy to really put into the podcast. Right. Um, but overall, like my personal life, uh, my career though, that it was all, it seemed to be at a standstill. Right. And last week, something fell through with my girlfriend's living situation in Nashville. Um, and I decided just on a whim that I should just move to Nashville because you know, her, her roommate couldn't live with her anymore. So I was like, Oh, I'll just take the roommate spot because I got nothing going on here. So I might as well move to a new place to try to make some shit shake because like, listen, man, I'm 22 years old. Like I'm like, this is some very valuable time in my life to risk things, to put myself out there, put myself in uncomfortable situations. And I just was not doing that in New Jersey. And that was just always on my mind while living there. I was like, I'm really wasting valuable time in my life. And I know that it's a very big thing, especially right now. And, you know, Biden Bidenomics for people to do the whole, oh, like live at home, save up money. I, I wasn't with that. I never understood that because when I would hear that, when I would hear people say throughout college that, oh, after college, I'm just going to move back in with my parents to save money. I would always think, what are you saving money for? What, what are you saving money for? What, to buy a house? 
I don't know. Maybe it makes sense. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm the weird one. Maybe I'm the weird one that I couldn't fucking stand being at home. And it had nothing, nothing to do with my parents. Absolutely nothing to do with my parents. I loved living with them. I loved being with them because for the four years prior, I, I wasn't able to live with them. So it was nice for like three, four months to be able to wake up see them, see them every day, eat dinner with them every day. It was very, very nice. But when I got the opportunity, when my girl called me up, it was like, told me what she had going on in her life. I was like, shit, dude, like I better jump on this opportunity, bro. Cause you know, two weeks prior I visited my girlfriend in Nashville and I was like, holy shit. Like I love it here. Like I would love to live here. So it was almost like a, it was almost like God interfering and being like, oh, you love it here? Well, let me kick Dahlia's roommate out and fucking you could, oh, I just named, I just dropped her name. Um, let me just kick, you know, Dahlia's roommate out and, you know, you move in. And I was like, oh, this is, this is awesome. I, you know, cause for the four months of me living at home, I was praying a lot about how I really, really wanted a change, how I really, really wanted to move out. I really, really wanted a job, all these different things because I was not happy at home, obviously. And I ended up getting the opportunity to move out here. And I'm very, very, very excited to live here. I fucking love Nashville and I'm so excited for... I don't even know how long I'll be living here for, but I am so excited for to try to create a life out here because something about the South, man, something about this environment, something's in the air. Like I just love how I feel when I'm here. Um, and you know, I just decided to risk it all. You know, I, I, it's a huge risk that I'm taking moving out here. Um, I don't have a job. I don't have a job right now. I don't have too much savings, but I just, I think I needed that fire under my ass to get me to do something, get me to fucking make some motion. Because again, I'm 22 years old. This is not the time in my life to play it safe. This is the time to possibly make some dumb decisions, possibly, you know, do some things that might be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and I feel as though it's like that saying pressure makes diamonds. I feel as though this decision that I made to move out here, move on my girlfriend. I feel as though that this is the best decision that I could have made at this very moment. And I'm very, very excited. I'm way more excited than I am nervous about this whole thing. I really, really am. Um, but yeah, I just fucking drove. I, I hopped in my car. I packed my car up. I drove 15 hours from New Jersey to Nashville, stopping twice, once to pee and once to get a McGangbang. And I just fucking raw dogged it, bro. For the first like 10 hours of me driving, like I blacked out. Like I wasn't even there. Towards the end of the 10 hours, I was like, okay, I'm getting hungry. I need some caffeine in me. I need to pop an Adderall. So I did that. I, I did the rest of the drive. No fucking problem. And I don't know how I did it, man. I don't know how I did it. 15 hours is a long drive, bro. Long drive. <laughs> 
Wow, what groundbreaking journalism Joey Keenan always does. I never fail. I never fail to really come in here and drop some valuable nuggets. I came here today to tell you that a 15-hour drive is... It's long, man. It's long. But I did like 10 hours of it. No caffeine. No food in me. Just... I didn't even really listen to music. Like, I just drove in silence. Fucking left my house at 5 a.m., gave my dad a hug, said bye to my mom, and I was out of there. And I think that's the type of shit that I need to be doing in this stage of my life. I need to start living more more boldly. Like, I need to start living living without thinking too much about what could go wrong and more thinking about what can go right. And that's what I ended up doing. And, you know, I'm landlocked right now, man. I'm fucking landlocked. Tennessee, <coughs> I don't know if you guys know what a map is, but if you were to go look at a map right now, you'd see that Tennessee is a bit of a slut. It's getting touched up on by like eight different states. We got Arkansas feeling up on Tennessee. We got uh, Louisiana eating Tennessee's ass. Like, we got a bunch of states surrounding. And I grew up living on coasts only. I've, I've lived in Virginia. I've lived in North Carolina, New Jersey, California. And, you know, there's always been a shore, which, you know, the Russians might be invading soon. And if the Russians were to invade, it would have been nice to be able to just kind of swim away. If the Russians came in, like if the Russians were to, you know, come in through Pennsylvania to try to attack New Jersey, or if the Russians came in through, you know, the Atlantic Ocean, which probably makes more sense, I'd be able to run into Pennsylvania, right? There's always a uh, escape. But in Tennessee, man, like I could be getting invaded from a whole bunch of different, you know, routes. And I'm just fucked. I'm landlocked, man. I'm landlocked. And, you know, maybe that's why I enjoy, I keep saying that there's something in the air. And maybe that's that landlock air, man. Maybe that's what's, maybe that's what's fucking making me feel fired up, you know? I don't know, man. I'm terrified of tornadoes, dude. Dude, growing up, I know I say that I'm terrified of spiders, which that is another thing that I'm a little bit worried about, about living here. But, you know, I'm not going to think about that. But growing up, I had a such a huge fear of tornadoes. I was so terrified. I was, you know, grew up in New Jersey. And I would always think that, like, a tornado was about to happen and just, you know, rip my house out of the ground and shoot me up into the sky. Luckily, as I grew up, I got a little bit less scared of tornadoes. But now that I'm actually living in a state where a big-ass tornado can just run through and fuck my shit up. And, like, now I'm kind of getting a little bit more concerned because it storms here. It's kind of like Florida weather where one moment it's, like, really hot and humid and the next moment it's storming, which I guess is everywhere now that I say that out loud. I guess it's always wherever you live. One moment it's nice and the next moment it's raining. I don't know. I tried. Swing and a miss happen sometimes I, I i can't always say winners but yeah man i moved out here um i know last week i was making i was being so dramatic i was like i have a huge announcement next week like oh you guys better be ready 
and the announcement is just a 22 year old is moving out of his parents house like that's that shouldn't be that big of an announcement you know like that shouldn't be like a groundbreaking news show stopping journalism like that shouldn't be you know a big deal i feel like that's just what should happen but a lot of my peers kind of make it seem like it is a big deal. I don't know. But, yeah, man, I am now living in Nashville, Tennessee. So you guys know where to find me. I'll be out and about. You'll see me rummaging around this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful city. You know, it's not a world-class city by any means. It's not in Los Angeles. It's not a New York. It's not a Chicago it's a Nashville, right? And I feel as though it's a nice baby step. I feel as though I can't move to like a world-class city right now. I feel like I need a little bit of a baby step. Live in Nashville. And then maybe I'll make the jump to live somewhere like Los Angeles or New York or Chicago when I, you know, get my bearings right. But first I got to start making some motion happen here. So if anyone has any uh, suggestions, any advice about what I should do. Huh. I'm all ears. So, you know, you could DM me on the podcast. It's an Instagram account. If you have any uh, life advice for your boy, if you're older than me, if you've done this whole transition about moving to a new place in your young 20s, please let me know. Please let me know. Because I don't even got a bed right now. I don't have a bed. Amazon is fucking holding my bed hostage right now. Amazon and UPS. I think UPS hold my hurt my podcast the other week about me talking shit and they're holding my mattress like hostage. It's fucked up. About a uh, about a week ago, I uh, I ordered a mattress on Amazon to get delivered to this apartment and my girlfriend gave me the address to the mailroom and not the apartment. And I guess for whatever reason like UPS they're making 175 k a year, but yet they can't read context clues. They're having an issue with delivering this mattress. Because every single day this past week, I've been getting a message in the mornings saying that my mattress is out for delivery. I get all excited. I get a little bit riled up down there. And by nighttime, the mattress still doesn't show up. And then I get an email saying that the delivery was put on hold because... The address was not correct. So every day this past week, I've been calling Amazon. I've been calling UPS to let them know, like, where to deliver it. Like, the, like my apartment is address, not the mailroom's address. And they keep saying, okay, we have it written down or whatever. It'll get sent out to you tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes, and it doesn't show up. So yesterday, I finally reached my breaking point, And I was on the phone for about an hour with both Amazon and UPS. It was like a three-way call, which, you know, those are <laughs> those are annoying, man. Ever been on a three-way call with like just just the phone, like not a Zoom, like just a phone? The the iPhone or whatever is in charge of phone calls, they need to figure out something else because only one person was able to talk at a time and if somebody else spoke up, the person who was talking would be cut out and it was just a mess of communication. So anyway, I was screaming at the poor Amazon and UPS people because I was frustrated. I was reaching my breaking point. 
I'm usually extremely, extremely kind when it comes to talking to like customer service, anybody in the service industry. Like I'm kind, I'm respectful. I understand that mistakes happen, which is why on day one and two, I was very, very kind. But by day three and four, I was getting a little bit more uptight. And by yesterday, I was just screaming at these four, poor fucking people. I was saying shit like, <laughs> put me on the phone with who's in charge. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I sound like a fucking Karen, bro. Like, these poor people. I was just taking it out all on them. But, I mean, my frustration was completely justified. Because I was telling the same thing to the same people for the past five days, and yet the mattress was not showing up. I kept giving them the correct address, and these people, like, they're probably at some, like, office somewhere, not even directly employed by Amazon. It's probably some third-party company. Like, the guy talking to me was probably off a hangover. Like, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He's probably high on heroin. And he just was so, like, not helpful. And it was very, very frustrating. Because I've been sleeping on a cot this whole week. I bought this very, very nice mattress. I decided to splurge on a mattress because, you know, I, I, I take my sleep very importantly, very important, because if I don't get good sleep, my decision-making skills gets all fucked up. I'm not able to think creatively or critically about anything. And my whole life relies on me being creative, making good decisions, critical thinking. Like, I need to be sharp, you know? So I can't be sleeping on a fucking cot. So I bought this very nice mattress to be able to, you know, get good sleep. And it's just not coming. You guys might be able to tell that today I'm I'm kind of off. Like, this podcast might not be the best. Which I can't help it, man. I haven't been sleeping. I've, I've been getting maybe about three hours of sleep every night because I keep waking up in the middle of the night and not being able to go to sleep. I'm going nuts. I'm going insane here. So, right now... After this, I'm going to have to go to UPS, actually go in person and like actually look these people in the eyes and be like, what the fuck is going on with my mattress? Can I just take it? Like, do you have to deliver it to me? I'll put it in my car. Like, just give me the mattress. It's frustrating, man. It really, really is. But I think that's all life is. At the end of the day, people, people like to, um, you know, people like Jordan Peterson or you know, people, philosophers, critical thinkers, they'll sit around and they'll tell you that life is about, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll say that life is about loving people, giving to people. Maybe other people would say that life is about doing the things you love. But if you were to ask me what I think life is all about, I think life is just all about solving problems. You wake up every day and there's problems and you just got to solve them. Life is just about being on hold with Amazon for 25 minutes and then yelling at a poor Indian guy for another 40. I think that's what life's all about. Because obviously you could say life is all about, you know, doing the things you love, which you can, but in order to do the things you love, you just have to solve problems. Fucking the, the mattress frame came no problem. And when the mattress frame came, so clearly someone's able to find the address. I ordered a mattress frame or a bed frame and a mattress. And the bed frame came, no problem. That showed up just fine. 
And, you know, building that, there was problems with that. Couldn't fucking build it correctly. Same thing with the uh, this desk that I, the new desk that I got. I've been Bob the Builder for the past couple of days, man. Just building shit. But um, always problems. Always problems with everything. So just got to stay at peace. Got to take deep breaths and then out. You know, that's just what's going on. My nose is leaking. <laughs> I'm so sick of my nose leaking, man. I really, really am. Um, so what, what else have I been doing over the past week other than moving? Um, last weekend, I went kayaking with my parents and my grandmother and uh in the Hudson River, which I don't even know you were allowed to do that. I thought the Hudson River was like not safe to even like swim in. Not that I was swimming in it, but I was kayaking in it. So as I was, you know, doing the thing, like water was getting all over me. I was feeling really, really gross. It was like dead bodies and shit. My dad was like, Oh, it's not dirty. RFK cleaned it up. I was like, Okay, Dad. All right. <laughs> My dad's fucking a hilarious man. Um, but yeah, after we went kayaking, me, my mom, my daddy, my grandmother, we all went over to Pier 13 in Hoboken, which is like a pier with like a bunch of like, you know, places to get drinks and some food trucks. And it's basically like a place for like post-grad people, maybe a little bit older than post-grad to hang out. And I realized something while I was there. And I actually, no, I realized this when I was in Nashville a couple weeks ago. But um, a very common thing that I've been seeing at these like breweries or like maybe like outside places where you can drink. Uh, basically, any place that serves alcohol that's not a bar. I've been seeing this common thing of millennials, the millennials. They, they take their kids, their young children out with them. And I'm trying to understand why they do that. I'm trying to understand why they think that's okay. Has no one, like, because millennials or anybody would never, ever take their young children to a bar, right? I think we can all agree as a society that that is not acceptable. But all of a sudden, if there's, like, turf or cornhole or, like, those, like, string lights, those, like, little string lights with the, you know, whatever— all of a sudden, it's like okay to bring the stroller, right? It, it, it's okay to like bring your young kids and their friends out with you. And then you can get fucking pissed drunk, you know? And I realized this when I was visiting Nashville a couple of weeks ago with my girlfriend because, you know, me and my girl, we were going out to like breweries and like outside bars in Nashville throughout the week. And it was like, two, it was like a Tuesday afternoon and me and my girl were like having a drink at a brewery. And there was like another couple like a parents with their like two young children playing cornhole on like a Tuesday afternoon, like drinking. It's like, you guys need to be going back to school shopping. You don't need to be at 15th, 14th and Peabody. Like, can you like, why is this acceptable? You know? And I'm finding this odd and it was very, very prevalent. And, um, what's it called? Um, in Hoboken. 
I, I, I couldn't I couldn't even enjoy myself. I was like, why is this okay? Because I don't want to be. <laughs> when I drink, right? I'm a lightweight. It doesn't take a lot for me to get drunk. And when I drink, while I don't usually stumble or like I'm not really a sloppy drunk, but what I am is I get like very talkative, more talkative than I usually am. And I get like a thousand yard stare. I don't want to have a thousand yard stare looking at a child. Like I don't want to look at an innocent little child with the thousand yard stare stare and they look up at me and they're like, Oh my God, this is what I got to deal with in five years. Like we're supposed to be shielding our children from this type of behavior, not bringing them to be a part of it. You know, it's just not a vibe. It's not a situation where children should be allowed, but I guess, you know, just because it's outside, just because there's some cornhole can jam, all of a sudden it makes it okay for kids to be hanging out there, you know? It's crazy, man. It's fucking crazy. Uh, but yeah, man. I don't know. What else do we got? Oh, we got, uh, I've been seeing this, the blindside lawsuit. The Tui family intends to end conservatorship for Michael Orr. Dude, these football players have such cool names. I was watching Hard Knocks with my dad, and there's some guy named Sauce Gardner. And I was like, that is such a tough name. I want to name my son Sauce, 100%. How, t- how hard body would that be? Sauce Keenan? Oh, I wish I had a cool name like that. But yeah, man. So, apparently, we got some shit popping off. Sean and Leanne, Leah, Leah and Tui intend to end their conservatorship for Michael Orr. Lawyers for the couple said during a news conference Wednesday. Um, Orr filed a petition with Shelby County Probate Court Monday to end the conservatorship, which he claims the Tui family deceived him into signing, saying they were legally adopting him. So basically what happened was when Michael Orr, you guys all know the blind side story, I'm sure, but I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I guess there is a, um, a young black kid who was taken in by a well-off white family, um, to play football at, because he had some talent and it was a very, very nice story, but turns out that story is kind of bullshit because the the Tui family, basically, like, the whole point was that they adopted Michael Orr. Well, turns out they never adopted him. It was a conservative ship, which I'm not too sure what a conservative ship is, but, I mean, I get it, though. Like, I understand. I can look at, I could see where the Tui family is coming from for this reason and this reason only. They came in contact with Michael Orr when he was like an adult, like when he was like 16, 15, 17, like when he was in high school, I feel like that is a little bit too late to adopt someone. No, like, do you agree with me? Like, I feel like you don't adopt a grown ass man. You could do a conservative ship where like you're legally taking care of them. But in terms of like adopting them, I don't know, something like that doesn't, t- doesn't taste right on the tongue. Right. Am I wrong? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to see the problem. And why are we talking about this now? Isn't Michael Orr like 30? Like, give it up. 
Like, why does it matter if you're adopted or cons- or in a conservative ship or not? I-, I don't get it. I mean, maybe I need more facts. Joey reading articles. Let's see. Um, all along, or said he thought he'd been legally adopted or is also seeking back pay for any money the Tuies may have earned through the conservatorship, mainly the life rights agreement and contract for the 2009 blockbuster, The Blind Side. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with that. He, he should be paid. Michael got every dime, every dime he had coming to his lawyer, Randall. I mean, how much does he want? I mean, Jesus. They don't have his money. They never needed his money, which is true. Mr. Tui sold his company for $220 million. Ah, you see, that's that's a fair point. So maybe maybe he's just looking for more. Maybe he's just trying to, you know, fucking squeeze out more money out of his uh, life story. I don't know. What a stupid fucking story. I'm sorry to bore you guys. What a boring story. Let's talk about the Down Syndrome people on Netflix. That'll be more fun. I've been watching Down for Love for the past week, um, which, by the way, I don't know who's coming up with these names, Down for Love, Love on the Spectrum, but it pisses me off that whoever's making up these names is probably getting paid so much money. They're probably making Tui money, bro. Like, I could fucking do that. I could come up with names like that, bro. Like, dude... I don't know, it pisses me off. But, so basically Down for Love is a dating show for people with Down syndrome. And it's very, very cute and interesting to see what it is like for somebody with a disability to try to find love. Because, obviously, people with Down syndrome, they're not like, they're obviously disabled, right? But, they aren't like, like, like they're aware, like they have an understanding of relationships of life. They just unfortunately aren't able to fully grow up. I think that's what down syndrome is. So obviously like these people, they need love. And I love, I've been a huge fan of these type of reality shows. Like when love on the spectrum was out, like I was, I was fucking loving that show, dude. Cause it's interesting. Like these people, People with disabilities, like, they have a way of dating and mating and companionship that is a lot different than people who don't have disabilities go about relationships. Like, people with Downs, people with autism, they have a very straightforward approach to dating. Like, one of the people on Down for Love, like, he flat out was like, I'm trying to make out like, yeah, bro. Like that's what we are all trying to do. But the people with downs, like they'll say that shit. Like they'll just say, Oh, you're really pretty. Like I want to kiss you. Like a people, someone, someone who doesn't have downs would never say that. Like when I was, you know, meeting my girlfriend and coming to talk to her, I never said to her like, oh, you have really pretty lips. I want to make out with you. Like, I would never say something like that, (laughs) you know? But seeing people with downs say that, like, it's refreshing to see because it's like a level of authenticity that I think is needed more in our present society, right? Um, But yeah, man, these downs people, they, they know how to dance. They know how to light up a room. 
They know how to crack some jokes. It's a fun time. I, I, I think I've told you guys before that I used to, my final year at college, I, I played basketball with a lot of people with Down syndrome, and they are the kindest people you, you'll ever meet. And they're funny, too. Like, like, you can laugh at them, and they don't care. Like, obviously, like, you know, they're a little annoying, but people who are funny oftentimes are annoying. Like me, you know, obviously I'm not the most funny person in the world, but I'm sure I make you guys chuckle every once in a while. But I'm sure when you guys listen to this podcast, you're like, oh, I can never like spend a day with Joey. Like that kid's probably a fucking maniac. Like he's annoying. And you would be right if you were to say that. And it's the same thing with the Downs people. Like they're funny, man. They're funny. So it's just like an interesting show. It's an interesting concept, you know? And I've been enjoying it. I've been very, very fascinated with uh, people with disabilities and how they get down. Like, I wonder if... Do, like, people without disabilities mate or date people with Down syndrome? Like, is that allowed? Like, are you allowed to do that? Because I've talked about this before on the show. But, you know, on TikTok, man, there's people with Down syndrome. There's 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 women on with Down syndrome who, let's just say they look athletic. Like, they got, they got a dump truck. And I always wonder, like, obviously I want it because, you know, I am in a happy relationship. But I, I always wonder, like, if I was out and about and I was approached by, you know, a woman with Down syndrome but also happens to be wearing, like, cheetah leggings, like, would I... Do it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I would do it. Are you allowed to do it? Is that fucked up? I think I think it's illegal. I'm actually pretty sure it's illegal. It has to be. Because people with Down syndrome, they, they don't like age mentally like other like other people. Like they kind of get capped off at a certain, you know, mental capacity. So I think for that reason, that reason alone, I don't think it would be ethical. But I mean, it is kind of fucked up to withhold people with Down syndrome from dating people who don't have Down syndrome, right? I don't know. I feel like if I feel like it says more about the uh, the people without a disability than the person with Down syndrome. I don't know. This episode took a really really weird turn. I I always do this. I always do this. Like this like this episode started off, you know, me talking and you know me 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 talking about my personal life, and I just had to bring up fucking down syndrome people i just had to bring it up and i you know I'm, I'm trying to become better i'm trying to not be this way but it's gonna take some time <laughs> it's gonna take some time for me to really learn who i am you know i'm lost i'm so lost do i look lost do i do i seem like i have shit figured out i really hope i don't because i i don't know what the fuck's going on man i've been sleeping on a cot for the past m- fucking week I'm lost Mm-mm-mm. <sighs> well alright well I guess that's all I got going on <laughs> that's my update uh, next week I will definitely prepare a lot more it was really difficult for me to prepare this week it's been a crazy crazy week but next week I'll be back with a new episode I'll be back with some more current events and we will have a lot of fun man we'll, we'll get right back into it so I love you all Uh, praise God.
God is good. God answers your prayers. He really does. He he fucking always shows up. He might not show up in a way that you want him to show up or when you want him to show up, but he will eventually show up. And you just got to be patient and you have to have peace within him. So I'm not being a wise ass when I say that. I truly, truly mean that. All right, everybody. I love you all. Um, I will talk to you guys all next week. Follow the podcast podcast's Instagram account. I love you all. Bye-bye.